Hello, passengers, and welcome to the Midnight Train, where we bring the dark to light, baby. That's right. And, of course, where listener discretion is always advised. We uh, try to make fun of and joke about creepy things, and, uh, you know, sometimes it can get a little bit dark. If you're new here, that's what we're doing. Hopefully you give it a chance. If you're not new here, you know how we get down. You know how we doze it. Anyway, I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer, and with me, it's my oldest son. <laughs> Looks like he's crying right now. You okay? Am, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. So emotional. What's the, what's the matter? You, you're so old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just turned uh, a certain age yesterday. Yeah. and 37, right? They, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, this is Logan. Hey! Yeah. There it is. I was about to say, wait a minute, man. You got to stick with it. Got to keep it going. So anyway, yeah, yesterday was the uh, the old birthday, and old uh, had a great time hanging out. The- no, fuck, no, <laughs> no. I'm actually 46. I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I uh, got to to go out and hang out with some friends for the weekend, and it was or not even the weekend. It was like Sunday, Sunday through Wednesday, Wednesday. <laughs> and we had an absolute blast. So yes, that's why it's a little bit a little bit on the late side this week. You know, but hey, better late than never. Heck yeah, man. You know? So listen, for all you Patreon listeners out there, and if you're not a Patreon listener, you might want to jump on board that train. Get it? (laughs) Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, because this week we're going to be talking about uh, some of the top, or should I say worst, angels of death. Oh. The nurses and doctors that, uh, you know, happen to go off and kill people, including one that is possibly responsible for uh, around 400 deaths. Yeah. And if it's true, they don't, it, we'll talk about it, but if it's true, he would actually be the most prolific uh, serial killer in uh, American history. Damn. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. So get on over there, patreon.com forward slash accidental dads, or go to the midnight train uh, podcast.com. Click on the little link at the top and sign up. All right. Yeah. All right. Enough. Do of it. That, enough of that stuff. Okay. Forget <laughs> about it. it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. So, you, oh, by the way, you have no idea what we're talking about, do you? About right now? No, we were talking about Starsky and Hutch. Do it. No, about uh, for the episode today. You don't have any idea. No, I don't. I was trying to get you to spoil it earlier, but <laughs> it's gonna be awesome oh. and super fucked up. Oh, yeah. Talking about planes, trains, and automobiles. Mm, no, that's a great movie, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty it. awesome. All right, anyway. Let's get into this damn thing. Let's turn down the lights, Ooh. adjust our seats, and let's get it nice and comfy there. Wait, yep, there it is. Grab a drink. Got one. I got one, too. Yeah. yeah. And let's get creepy. But first, here's a toast to all you beautiful, beautiful motherfuckers. What's the bad guy's name in Stranger Things? Is it Narcan? What's his name? Yeah, you're talking to the right guy. I've seen every single episode of that show. That's true. I don't even know why I bothered. <laughs> Damn it. I did see, however, that uh, the guys in Metallica actually let Eddie, who was shredding on there, actually jam with them. And they, they gave him his guitar, too. What? Yeah. Oh. Which is, which is Metallica, but they gave him his guitar. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So everyone was like, so every time he plays it, does he have to play like a royalty now? <laughs> they should. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. dope. Uh, speaking of, it was actually um, James Hetfield from Metallica's birthday yesterday, too. I don't know she is. I share a birthday with the one and only... Yeah! 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 Oh, no! Into Sanmanda! 
Make sure you guys are listening to Icons and Outlaws as of well. Course. Where we've already talked about Metallica in part one, and we'll be talking more later. All right, so today we're talking about, and they can probably tell because it says so in the title of the no, episode just what, today. Just what Logan doesn't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to say, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> so no, we're actually talking about Hell's Bell Gunness. Bell Gunness. Hell's Bells Gunners. Any idea? No, not Gunner. Gunness. 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 Like, Which I was going to get us some Guinness. That would have been amazing. I was about to say that. Yes. But it's Gunness. Gunness. There's no I in uh, it. Oh. So Bell Sorensen Gunness was initially born as Brynhild Polsdata Storseth. Yeah, I would have changed my name too. Yeah. In November 11th of 1859 in Selbu, Norway. Okay. Wait, you said 1859? Correct. Damn. We're going way, way Way back. And a lot of people right now are listening, and if you happen to know the tale of Bell Gunnis, you probably know why we, of all podcasts, are doing this episode mm. and talking about her because, well, we don't know if she's dead. Wait, what? Yeah, we'll, we'll find. Well, obviously, she is now <laughs> oh. 1859, but I'm saying we'll, we'll go We'll go through it. Okay, it's okay, really, okay. really, it's crazy. Oh, is it? Crazy. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, and plus, you know, for this past week's episode for uh, Patreon, we talked about a a pretty crazy lady. Mm, we the, did the little old lady serial killer. Mm. Yeah, or mm. lady lady killer or whatever. The lucha libra. The lucha libra. <laughs> lucha libra. Nacho. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, if you're missing out on that, well, guess what? That's your fault. Just yeah. saying. You could always sign up for Patreon. That's and right. Go back in there and you listen to the it. The other know? poopers know what's up. You mm-hmm. know what's up. So Gunness's origins are a matter of uh, some debate. Obviously, okay. it's 1859. Most of her biographers state that she was born on November 11th in 1859 near the lake of Selbu, Sur Trondelag in Norway. Okay. And was christened again Brunhild, Brunhild Polstata Storset. <laughs> her parents were Paul Peterson Storset, a stonemason, and Berit Orsdatter. Oh. Uh, she was the youngest of their eight children, and uh, they lived in Storsergird. <laughs> Storsergird. It's that's the name. Storsergird. Okay. Fruity fruity. Make a make a Makes up a blowout. Which is a very small cotter's farm in Imbigda, uh, which is uh, sixty uh, kilometers southeast of Trondheim, the largest city in central Norway. Huh. AKA Trondlag. Oh. Yeah, you got all that. I. Sure. Got yeah, you a do. A couple of those letters. I, I can tell you do. <laughs> so an Irish TV documentary uh, docu- documentary by Ann Barrett Vetsby aired on September 4, 2006, and kind of talks about a uh, common but unverified story about Gunness' early life. Mm. There really isn't a lot to verify with a lot of stuff, but what there is is crazy as shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. The story says that in 1877, Gunness attended a country dance while pregnant. Oh. Which, 1877, I would say that's probably not a good thing. Mm. And that would also make her, what is it, 18? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 18. Yeah. That's math. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, damn it, it's so low. <laughs> the audience is way far away on that one. Yeah. So anyway, so she attended this dance while mm-hmm. she was pregnant, right? Okay. And uh, in... In doing this, obviously not a very good thing to do, she was actually attacked by a man who kicked her in the abdomen, causing her to miscarry the child. Oh, shit. Pretty fucked up. Yeah, a little bit. The man who came from a wealthy family was never prosecuted by the Norwegian authorities. According to people who actually knew Belle, her personality changed immediately, okay, and substantially. Wow. The man who attacked her died shortly afterward. 
his cause of death was said to be uh, stomach cancer. So growing up in poverty, Gunnis took to milking and herding cattle the following year on a large wealthy farm and served there, uh, served there for three years to pay for her trip across the Atlantic. She wanted to come over to the States. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. So, you know, guy just, he had stomach cancer. Yeah. Right? That's a perfectly plausible thing. Stuff happens. Yeah. Life It's karma. That's what you get for kicking a baby. Right. Right. Yeah. You baby kicking son of a bitch. Yeah. So following the example of uh, a sister, Nellie Larson, who had immigrated to America earlier, uh, Gunnis moved to the United States in 1881 and assumed a more American-style name, okay? Mm-hmm. Initially in Chicago, while living with her sister and brother-in-law, she worked as a domestic servant, then got a job at a butcher shop cutting up animal carcasses until her first marriage in 1884. And let's just say, eh, she got some skills, okay, while she was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you got to pick up a little bit of the handiwork. Right. Yeah. So before even going further, let's let's just kind of put Bell. Yeah. Let's put everything together real fast. Okay. Um, she came from Norway. Yeah. Ah, uh, she was pregnant. Yeah. Got kicked by some dude that got away with it. Mm. Or did he? Oh. She comes over here. Mm-hmm. Um, she, well, she worked on a farm for a very long time, so yeah. she knows how to deal with the animals. Right, right, right. And she got a job at a butcher shop where she yeah. was actually, from what I've read, quite good at the old bladage. Oh, so she's quick with the blades, is she? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. So in 1884, Gunnis married Mads Ditlev Anton Sorensen. Wow. In Chicago, Illinois. Why didn't he change his fucking name? Yeah, really. <laughs> like, come on, dude. In uh, Chicago, Illinois, where two years later, they opened a candy store together. Aw. That's so sweet. That's nice, right? Get it. <laughs> Son of a... The business was unsuccessful, and the shop uh, mysteriously burned down within a year. That sucks. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, that is weird. And what's even more strange mm-hmm. is they collected the insurance, which actually paid for another home. Oh, wow. Yeah, how lucky. That is so lucky. So so good. I mean, you know, she had these bad things happen before, but now it sounds like it's turning around. That's good. It really does. Her, her stars are looking up that's, for her. That's know? what I'm saying. That's, that's good. So some researchers tend to believe that the marriage to Sorensen produced no offspring. Oh. Had no babies. Okay. However, neighbors gossiped about the babies since Belle never appeared to be pregnant. Hmm. Mm, what babies, mind you? Yeah, what babies? Other investigators report that the couple had four children. Wait, what? Yep. Caroline. Mm. Axel. Which oh. is amazing. <laughs> Myrtle. Okay. And Lucy. Okay. Caroline and Axel died in infancy, oh. uh, allegedly of acute colitis. Okay. The symptoms of acute colitis, so you guys are, you know, so you're up on the no. Yeah. Nausea. Okay. Fever. Mm. Diarrhea. Okay. And lower abdominal pain and cramping. Mm. And which are also symptoms of a lot of forms of poisoning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just keep that in the little back of your head back there. Mm. The little compartment right back there. Yeah, right there. Just keep it right there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Caroline's and Axel's lives were reportedly insured, and the insurance company paid. Mm. Hmm. Odd. <laughs> Odd. Again, she's doing great. Yeah, she's, she's doing great. I mean, she lost her babies. That sucks. Yeah. But... She's being compensated for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. So a May 7th, 1908 article in the New York Times states that two children belonging to Gunnis and her husband, uh, Mads, Mads, were in, uh, entered, interred, interred, interred into her plot in Forest Home Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at least two children, they're thinking. But also there's other allegations that there were. Quattro. Quattro, right. Okay. On June 13th, 1900, Gunnis and her family were counted on the uh, the U.S. Census in Chicago. The census recorded her as the mother of four children. Oh, okay. Only two were living, as we talked about. Right, right. 
Myrtle, um, who was three at the time, and yep. well, it was Myrtle A and Lucy B, okay, an adopted 10-year-old uh, girl, possibly identified as Morgan Couch, but later known as Jenny Olsen, was also counted in the household. Hmm. So d- did she have the babies, or did someone drop the babies off, or were the babies taken? Mm, I mean... It just seems weird that nobody remembers her being pregnant and she had four kids. Yeah, that is a little weird. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but maybe they were seclusive. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe she was a very large woman and maybe she just didn't show the way other people may have. Plausible. Maybe you she know was wearing a big dress. We are giving her all the credit possible right well, of now, course, right? The yeah. benefit of the fucking doubt. Yeah. Right? Because that's... This is America. Yeah. You are innocent until proven guilty. Well, I thought you were guilty until proven innocent. Shit, did I get it wrong? I don't know. Damn it. <laughs> so Sorensen here, okay, died on July 30th, 1900, reportedly the only day, <clears throat> and this is pretty awesome. This is Mads, by the way. Oh, okay. Mads, okay. Mads, yeah. yeah. So he died on July 30th, 1900, which was reportedly the only day on which two of his life insurance policies had actually overlapped. One ended on one day, and the other one started like the day before. What? Yeah. Oh. Both policies were active simultaneously, as one would expire that day, and the other would, you know, begin. One would end, one would begin, right? Mm. The first doctor to see him thought he was suffering from strychnine poisoning, however. Oh. Yeah, that could be a bad thing. Yeah, a little bit. However, the Sorensen's family doctor had been treating him for an enlarged heart, and he concluded that heart failure actually caused a death. Oh, that's unfortunate. An autopsy was considered unnecessary because the death was not thought suspicious. Well, that makes sense. He yeah. had heart problems. He had a heart problem. Yeah. Doc over here said so. Yeah. How much money am I giving you, Doc? I mean, what? <laughs> Sorensen died of a uh, so, uh, cerebral hemorrhage that day. So that's that's what was happening here. Ooh. Okay. Mm. Gunnis explained he had uh, come home from a headache, and she provided him with uh, quinine powder for the pain. Hmm. She later checked on him, and he was dead. Oh, no. Yeah. Quinine powder. Quine, qu- quasi? Quinine. 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 If I'm not mistaken, that's the exact stuff. Uh, if you get like a gin and tonic, that's the tonic part of it. So it's like tonic water. It's what you put in it to make something like tonic water. Interesting. Yeah. I, I actually think I know that one. I don't oh. think I'm bullshitting you right now. No shit. I may, but I could be. <laughs> <laughs> I could be bullshitting myself. So she applied for the insurance money the day after her husband's funeral. That makes sense. I mean, why Why wait? Yeah. You know, I mean, you got to move on. Yeah, right. You know, like... And funerals are expensive. They are expensive. Got to repay what you want. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So Sorensen's relatives, Mads, mm-hmm. claimed Gunnis had poisoned her husband to collect on the insurance. No, come on. No. Uh, get out Get out of here. Not, that's not fair to just immediately I jump know. to that. What are we doing here? That's so upsetting. It's a jump to conclusion board. Yeah, right now. So surviving records suggest that an inquest was actually ordered. Oh, okay. It is unclear, however, whether that investigation actually occurred or if uh, Mads' body was ever exhumed to check for arsenic Ooh. as his relatives demanded. So, yeah, I mean, arsenic, quinine, that's an easy slip up. Oh, yeah. They're both underneath the cabinet exactly. in the kitchen. You know? One's rat poison. Right. And the other one's used to make delicious drinks. Right. One's got cro- skull and crossbones. The right. other one just has crossbones. And how? listen, they might both be white and taste delicious. I don't know. Ooh. I know arsenic's supposed to smell like almonds. Really? Yeah, and they say that only a certain percentage, a percentage of people can actually smell it. Huh. Interesting. And that's your daily fact for the day. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Oh. Do you have any arsenic? No. Oh, okay. 
Why you want to smell it? <laughs> I kind of want to now. <laughs> I don't like the way it tastes, but I love the way it smells. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So they were going through all this. And they were basically saying, like, bullshit, you poison it, right? Mm-hmm. So the insurance companies uh, awarded her uh, $8,500. Wow. Okay. Now, that was $8,500 in that time. Yeah, 1900 In today's money, mm-hmm. it'd be about $299,838.51. Damn. That's a payout. That's a little bit. And she got two? Uh, no, they, they both combined uh, together. That was the okay. two policies together. Got yeah. Got now, with this, she bought a pig farm on the outskirts of LaPorte, Indiana. Smart gal. Yeah. Gotta keep that bacon coming in. And I do know that uh, we've had some uh, people asking us about the, the pig palace mm. with the dude that used to chop people up and feed to pigs and the pig guy and Wait, stuff. they do that? No. Oh, I thought that was only in movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. You sleep well tonight, buddy. Yeah. You'll yeah. be okay. Okay, okay. In 1901, Gunnis purchased a house on McClung Road. It's been reported that both the boat and carriage houses burned to the ground shortly after she got the house. Whoa. Yeah, seems weird. It's Maybe almost... she's got, like, some paranormal stuff coming after She's her. a fire starter. <laughs> I'm a fire starter. <laughs> Twisted fire starter. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the right melody at all, but it just felt right. As she was preparing to move from Chicago to LaPorte, she became reacquainted with a recent widower, Peter oh. Gunnis, also from Norway. Hmm. Yeah. They were married in LaPorte on April 1st, 1902. Not a good day to get married, by the way. Not with her. Just saying. Mm. <laughs> She's like, mm. April Fool. <laughs> <laughs> That's not quinine. <laughs> uh, so this was just uh, one week after the ceremony. Okay. Uh, Peter's infant daughter unfortunately died of uncertain causes while alone in the house with Belle. Wow, she's got a lot of issues with these uh, random bouts of death. She's not a big kid fan. Is that what it is? Not a big fan of kids. Not a big fan of the kids. Yeah, not a big, not a big fan. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. In December 1902, Peter himself met with a <clears throat> tragic accident. Mm. According to Belle now, and listen, we have to take her at her word. Yeah. He reached for his slippers next to the kitchen stove when he was scalded with brine. Oh, shit. Yeah, that sounds like it sucks. Accidents happen every day. Correct. Yeah. You are more likely to have an accident in your own home than anywhere else. Exactly. So, I mean... Especially when you have a spouse around. It's plausible. It is. It is plausible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fell and slipped and killed himself. Right. Yeah. She uh, later declared that part of a sausage grinding machine fell from a high shelf, causing a fatal head injury. Uh, That's plausible. I mean, yeah, if you have... why. Sometimes you put stuff up where it shouldn't go, and then what happens? It falls. Yeah. It's called gravity, people. Exactly. Gravity happens. Stuff back in the day, it's old. Right. It's just just what happens. That's unfortunate. A year later, Peter's brother, Gust. 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 Like a gust of wind. He came in pretty quick with that, huh? Yeah, he walks in and says... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Gust here took Peter's older daughter, Swanhilda. (laughs) Swanhilda. Swanhilda. That's kind of a cool name. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, he, he came, picked her up, and took her to Wisconsin, right? Got you. She is, um, and just kind of to give a little precursor here, mm-hmm. she's the only child to have ever survived living with or being around Belle. Well, with a name like Swanhilda, I mean, she kind of has to. Yeah. It's a name like- isn't it Broomhilda is the witch? Yeah. yeah isn't it a witch? <laughs> yeah. Broomhilda? I think so. What's that from? Wizard of Oz, I believe. No. No. Is it? Maybe. No. Wasn't, wasn't the Wicked Witch of the West named something like that? Her name was... Bitch! <laughs> that bitch dead. Yeah, she wasn't very nice. Mm-mm. 
So her husband's death netted Gunnis uh, another $3,000, and some say $4,000, so she's got some money in her pocket. Oh, okay. Local people refused to believe that her husband could be so clumsy. Mm. He had run a hog farm on the property and was known to be an experienced butcher. The, uh, the district coroner reviewed the case and inequi- unequivocally, yeah, it's not unequivocally, unequivocally. It's unequivocally. <laughs> unequivocally. Oh, unequivocally. Unequivocally. Oh. Not inequivocably. So the colloquialism is wrong. Correct. Oh. Unequivocally. <laughs> no. Unequ- someone said inequivocally the other day on a podcast, and it's like a really well-known podcast, yeah. and I was like, hey. Hey, you better check your grammar, make sure that script right, bruh. I guess we all make mistakes. I mean. Not us. No, we're not. We're perfect. That's right. We don't drop grinders on our heads. Like my mom used to say, God only made one thing perfect, and that's a perfect asshole. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so the the, the 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 coroner here was like, it doesn't make any sense, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he announced that he had been murdered. <gasps> no. Yep. He convened a coroner's jury to look into the matter. Uh, meanwhile, Jenny Olson, mm-hmm. the stepdaughter, mm-hmm. then 14, was overheard confessing to a classmate, quote, my mama killed my papa. She hit him with a meat cleaver and he died. Don't tell a soul. Oh, so she's dropping a dime on moms. She's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I know what you'd be doing behind closed mm-hmm. curtains. Jenny was brought uh, before the coroner's jury, but denied having said anything whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Gunnis, meanwhile, old Bell here convinced the coroner that she was innocent of any wrongdoing. Of course, but of course she was. Right. The last eight. It only makes sense to have another yeah, number. Like, another come one. Come on, I mean, can my accidents happen every day? I mean, that's look, right. Look at Hot Fuzz. Right. It all. God, I love that movie. <laughs> She did not mention that she was pregnant, which oh. would have inspired sympathy. But in May of 1903, a baby boy, Philip, joined the family. Aww. In late 1906, Belle told neighbors that her foster daughter, Jenny, okay, mm-hmm. um, had gone away to Lutheran College in Los Angeles. Well, good for her. Oh, good for her. That's amazing. She's I'm, actually doing something with I'm her life. I'm glad. And some neighbors, however, were informed that it was a finishing school for young ladies. Either way. That's still awesome. Either way, yeah, go out there, Jenny. You take the world oh, by yeah. the proverbial unequivocal balls unequivocal balls <laughs> see i did that yeah. yeah it was good it was good yeah. however jenny's body would later be recovered buried on her adoptive mother's property oh oh yeah it gets worse hmm. between 1903 and 1906 bell continued to run her farm in 1907 gunnis employed a single farm hand uh ray lamphier to help with the chores now we'll we're gonna hear a lot about ray later okay, okay. yeah yeah i mean through throughout Okay. We'll we'll talk about old Ray. Old Ray. Old Ray. Mm, okay. All old Ray. Old Ray. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So around the same time, old Bell here inserted the uh, the following advertisement in the matrimonial columns of all the Chicago Daily newspapers and those of other large Midwestern cities. Because back in the day, personal ads. Okay. Put a personal ad out there, and right now her husband she doesn't have a husband. She's got this great big old farm by yeah. herself. She needs help. She's a big, it's strong just, man. It's just her and Ray Lamphere, mm. all right? And he's not the brightest bulb in the box, and we'll find out later about that. You, oh, okay. Do you think in the ad that she put in her uh, her history with men and kids? I'm going to say no, but let me read her ad. Oh, let's go for it. Okay, it says personal. Mm. Comely, 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 or comely. I think it's comely. Either way, weird word. Uh, a comely widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in Laporte County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with view of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with personal visit. Triflers need not apply. Triflers. Trifler, you trifling bitch. Pish posh. <laughs> that bitch. 
So basically what she's saying here, and just to break it down, is that she's looking for someone to come in with some money because mm-hmm. she's got money. Right. And she put our money together. And she's comely. Right. And I don't know what that word is. I don't like that word. <laughs> it's so gross. It, it kind of disturbs me a little bit. Yeah, I'm like a, a very comely one. Yeah, is it, I, I don't like it. Mm. I think it means like just like homely. Like in the pornos. What? What? What did you say? <laughs> did you say Pinocchio nose? No, like in the pornos, you know? I don't think that's what... Uh, may, listen, maybe, man. Mm. I don't know. It is a personal ad. I mean, what do I know? She's a little yeah. personal about yeah. this stuff, you know? So now, several middle-aged men of, of means, Ooh. you know, people with some moolah, oh, okay. responded to Bell's ads. Of course. One of her ads was answered by a Wisconsin farmhand. His name was Henry Gerholt. Sorry, one more time. Henry Gerholt. 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 Oh. Gerholt. It sounds like you're gurgling. Gerholt. Gerholt. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> with his name, Henry Gerholt. <laughs> Dirty Hobbit says, <laughs> go to the port, they said. Get on a farm, they said. So after traveling to Laporte, Gerhardt wrote his family saying that he actually liked the farm. He was in good health, and he requested that they send him seed potatoes. Seed potatoes? Seed potatoes. What is a seed potato? Uh, it's just a smaller potato that's starting to sprout, so you can put it in the ground and it actually forms oh. more potatoes. More potatoes? More, I like potatoes, by the way. Yes, yes, yes. I do. Yeah. When they failed to hear from him, all right, the family contacted Gunnis, and she told him that Gerhardt had gone off with uh, horse traders to Chicago. Hmm. Uh, however, she did keep his trunk and fur overcoat. That's just good. for sa- safekeeping. That's good. You know, what a good friend. Yes, of You know, course. he's going off to, you know, Chicago. It's warm over there. Right, I'm going to yeah. keep this trunk. Yeah. So another uh, suitor here was John Moe. Oh, Moe. Who arrived from Elbow Lake, Minnesota. Elbow Lake. He had brought, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it probably looks like an elbow. Oh, okay. Either that or a shin. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> shin. Yeah. It's my knee. Shin leak. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. How about elbow? That works. <laughs> so he had actually brought with him more than $1,000 you know, to pay off Bell's mortgage. Oh, wow. That's so nice. Or so he told his neighbors, whom uh, Gunnis, um, Bell here, introduced to, to everybody as her cousin. Nice. Yeah. He um, disappeared from her farm within a week of his arrival. Just a week? Yeah. He, you know, maybe he just... Never, you know what I mean? Maybe he's just like, ah. Yeah, it wasn't working out. Here's yeah. money, I gotta go. Fuck this shit, I'm out. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Right. Although no one ever saw Mo again, a carpenter who did occasional work for Gunnis observed that Mo's trunk remained in her house along with more than a dozen others. Hmm. Oh, a couple trunks. She's, she likes, she likes trunks. And just to break this down, trunks, like not swimming trunks, but like big, you know, the Suitcases that held ah, things in it. The big wooden boxes. Correct. Ah, yeah, yes. yes. Does she have them like on display on the walls and stuff? I, I would imagine they're bigger. Then again, she does put heavy stuff up high. I so mean, I don't know. Maybe she does. Maybe it's a trap. Yeah. The next one. It's a trap. <laughs> so next came George Anderson from Tar- uh, Tarkio, Missouri, who, like Peter Gunnis and John Moe, was an immigrant from Norway. Oh. Norwegians getting down together, man. Hey, I get man. it. Gotta you together. know somebody? Yeah, you know someone. We're from the same. No. Hey, you grew up down the street from right. where I was at. You probably know my brother. It's cool. Right. You come from the same icy hood I come from. Same icy hood. <laughs> That's right. Oh, by the way, I totally forgot to tell you. I'm making a little bit uh-huh. uh, of a change on the Richard Kuklinski shirt. Oh, really? Yes. Ooh. Um. Yeah. So it's going to be his face, mm-hmm. kind of like the Don't Be a DeSalvo shirt. Yes. But it's going to say, Be Like Richard or Be Like Dick, one of the two. I don't be know yet. Like Be Like Dick. Okay. And uh, underneath, it's going to say, Just Chill. 
<laughs> be like dick just chill baby. just chill or uh, maybe just or just chill i like just that. the word chill i like that chill chill yes do it <laughs> chill out so during dinner with anderson here this is uh you know george anderson from tarkio missouri she raised the issue of her mortgage oh that's so unfortunate i know it's just it sucks that she's always getting herself and it's it's just probably a lot to deal with it is it's a pig farm you know it's a big farm she's just a woman right doesn't have kids anymore, you know? Hold on. Oh, shit. Do you hear that? Oh, yeah. Every woman out there right now is like, what the fuck do you mean, just a woman? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway. So, anyway, so, you know, she had some money problems. Yeah. So, Anderson agreed that he would pay the debt off if they decided to actually get married. Oh, Yeah, nice. I know. That's nice, right? Yes. Well, late that night, old Anderson here, he awoke to see her standing over him, holding a burning, almost spent candle in her hand and uh, with a strange, sinister expression on her face. That's like, not creepy at all. Sinister? What's sinister? What's sinister? Evil. Oh. Like the fruits of the devil. Oh. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So, large woman. Yes. Standing over you. Okay. It's dark. Already turned on. She's got the candle. Mm. It's almost dead. And she's looking at you like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm the leprechaun. That's what she's looking like. Yeah, you don't even know. I have no idea what the fuck just happened. It's from Wayne's World. Wayne used to mess with Garth all the time. Yeah. And so he'd take a flashlight and put it under his face and go and face and just go, I'm the leprechaun. And That's Garth what he said? Yeah. I didn't realize that's oh, what he said. boy. I feel like, you know what, the listeners, they know. That's good. They know. That's fine. They're better than I am. That's fine. I didn't say they were better. Oh, okay. They're just in, in whatever. They're Moving more well-versed in the yes, movie. Yes. 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 So now without uttering a word, mm. she just took the fuck off from the room. She just ran? Just ran. Wow. Can you imagine? Just, <laughs> I'm the leprechaun. And, <laughs> and just take off running. You just hear her feet going. <laughs> so Anderson, he fled from the house, soon taking a train to Missouri. So he's like, no. <laughs> that's a little weird for me. Like, listen, I'm into weird shit. Mm. But that's weird. That, that's too weird. So the suitors kept coming, okay? They just kept on coming. But none of them, except for Anderson, ever left, left the uh, Gunnis Farm. So mm-hmm. the rest of them, eh, or as far as we know. Yeah, they could have ran off right. the woods. I mean. Got scared. Right? Yeah. So by this time, she had begun ordering massive trunks to be delivered to her home. Oh. Yeah. You know, like trunks, <clears throat> really big trunks that could possibly uh, fit uh, clothes. Oh, yeah. Um, a uh, appliances, if they had those in that early whatever, maybe like handheld Stoves, appliances, yeah, maybe. Oh, um, yeah, pots, yeah. pans, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, human bodies. You, th- you think? I mean, I'm just saying you could. Like that's how big they would be. Yeah, that's. I'm just giving you an idea of how large these things are. But doesn't she live on a pig farm? Yeah, maybe it could be for more like a dead pig. It could be for a dead pig. pigs. It could be. Yeah, that like makes we sense. we don't know. That's all I'm saying. We weren't there. Benefit, doubt. Yeah, see what I'm saying. Big scary lady. Likes leprechauns. And from what I hear, she was a biggin. Oh. Yeah. No, I mean like massive as in like, and we'll talk. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, she started getting all these damn things. So a driver, okay, mm. um, who actually would bring these trunks to her, Clyde Sturgis, he delivered a lot of these trunks um, from LaPorte. He later remarked how the heavyset woman would lift these enormous trunks like boxes of marshmallows, tossing them onto her broad shoulders and carrying them into the house. She kept the shutters of her house closed day and night, and farmers traveling past the dwelling at night saw her digging in the hog pen. Mm, that makes sense. She's building a trough. Covering up poop. They yes, poop a lot. They do. They, they poop do a lot. poop a lot because they, they eat constantly. Right. So, I mean, you, 
you got to do the dirty work. And it sounds right. like, see, that's what I'm saying. She's doing the dirty work. Right. She's out there. And she's by herself. Right. And she's just a woman. Right. So now this guy's name is pretty <laughs> awesome. His name's Ole B. Budsberg. Ole B. Bugs. Bug Bugs? Buds. Buds. My name's Ole B. Budsberg. Okay. And I'm coming out here to, to hook up with this lady. Oh. I hear she's got a mighty nice farm. Mm. We actually have an uncle named, who had an uncle named Ole. Ole? Ole. Yeah. Hmm. So he is an elderly widower from Iola, Wisconsin, and he actually popped up next. He's like, I'm, I'm in. Okay. He was last seen alive at the Laporte Savings Bank on April 6, 1907, when he mortgaged his Wisconsin land, signing a deed and obtaining several thousands, dollar, thousands of dollars in cash. Nice. Ole B. Budsberg's sons, Oscar and Matthew Budsberg, had no idea that their father had gone off to visit Bell. Oh, okay. When they finally discovered her, the destination here, they wrote to her. Nice. Right. Hey, Mom. And she responded. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. She basically, she just told him, listen, I don't know who you're talking about. I've never seen him. Oh. Yeah. I mean. Listen, she's getting older. Yeah. She could have a lapse in her faculties. Right. It's possible. I mean, it could have been a pig that they were talking about. Right. right. It, it, she gets confused easily. Yes, all right. Yes, yes. So several other middle-aged men appe- appeared and disappeared in brief visits to the Gunness Farm throughout 1907. Then in uh, December of 1907, Andrew Helgil... Hell no, I can't pronounce that. (laughs) Helgilian. Hey, I think I got that. A bachelor farmer from Aberdeen, South Dakota, wrote to her, and Belle was all about it. Nice. The pair exchanged so many letters until a letter came that kind of overwhelmed them a little bit. Oh, okay. But not, not so much in a bad way, but like, whoa. Like... How do I take this, right? Mm, I, and this off. was written in Bell's beautiful handwriting. Nice. And dated January 13th, 1908. Oh. This letter was later found at the farm. Okay. okay. And it read at his farm, by the way. Oh, at Like, his not farm. her farm. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Quote, to the dearest friend in the world, no woman in the world is happier than I am. I know that you are now to come to me and be my own. I can tell from your letters that you are the man I want. It does not take one long to tell when to like a person. And you I like better than anyone in the world. I know. Think how we will enjoy each other's company. You, the sweetest man in the whole world. We will be all alone with each other. Can you conceive of anything nicer? I think of you constantly. When I hear your name mentioned, and this is when one of the dear children speaks of you, or I hear myself humming it with the words of an old love song, it is beautiful music to my ears. My heart beats in wild rapture for you, my Andrew. I love you. Come prepared to stay forever. <laughs> that last line, a little ominous. I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, all of it's a bit much. I mean, it's a bit much. All I kept thinking about is, when I think about you, I touch myself. <laughs> Holy shit. That's the first thing that pops in my head. That's what you went to? Yeah. That song? Yeah, I was thinking of the Blink One Eighty Two song where the guy like was reading the letter and he was like, "My dearest," that's what I was thinking the entire time. And you go to masturbation. <laughs> I mean, is, come on, fuck is wrong with you? What do you, what do you, what do you mean? What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> How do you not get that? You're the perfect man. <laughs> <laughs> come touch my piggies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine just what the smell would be like? It'd probably smell like shit. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> In his response to her letter, old Helgillian flew to her side oh. in January of 1908. He arrived with a check for $2,900, the entire savings he had drawn from his local bank. Wow. A few days after he arrived, he and Bell 
appeared at the savings bank in Laporte and deposited the check. Nice. They're starting a family. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's awesome. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful fucking thing. You hear what I'm saying? It's just beautiful. What they're doing right here, it's just fucking beautiful. Yeah. You got a pig farmer, and you got this fucking other guy whose name I can't fucking pronounce. (laughs) Anyway, old Helgillian, he vanished a few days later. But Bell appeared at the savings bank to make a $500 deposit and another deposit of $700 in the state bank. Oh, okay. At this time, she started to have problems with her farmhand, old Ray Lamphere. Yes, you have to watch out for old Ray Lamphere. Or do you? Anyway, we'll talk. Okay, okay, okay. So in March of 1908, Gunnis sent several letters to a farmer and a horse dealer in Topeka. Okay? It's the same guy, farmer and horse dealer. Okay. Not like a farmer and then also a horse dealer. Is, does he steal horses? Horse dealer. A oh, horse dealer. Dealer. He deals in the horses. He gives cards to horses. <laughs> they play poker. <laughs> Can you imagine that picture? Like that little draw painting or whatever? <laughs> with horses instead? <laughs> with, with horses? That's a shirt. That'd be fucking I amazing. I like that one. We gotta start. We gotta write this down. Fuck it. Okay. So anyway, yeah. So this guy here, his name was Lon Townsend. And uh, he invited, uh, you know, she invited him to come visit her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He decided to put off the visit until spring and thus did not see her before a fire took place at her farm. Oh, no. Another fire. And, but this one makes more sense, though, because it was so weird. long. It's very weird. It's very weird. Schwebels. Schwebels. So Gunnis was also in correspondence with a man from Arkansas. Aha, she's playing the field, buddy. Damn, she went to Arkansas? Uh-huh. Oh, damn. And sent him a letter dated uh, May 4th, 1908. He would have visited her, but didn't be uh, did not because of the fire at her farm. Also, ah, that makes sense. Gunnis allegedly promised marriage to a suitor by the name of Bert Albert. Guy had two first names, which did not go through because of his lack of wealth. So she's looking for a you know, looking for that gold digger. You know? I mean, or she is a gold digger. Should I say? I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. You just lost your revenue. It's true. I mean, it's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, she yeah. Got, she getting up there in age, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Looking for a guy. Low deep pockets. She's a big girl. I used to see her walking around just playing that WAP song the entire time. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you get mad at me because I'm talking about I touch myself. You're bringing in WAP. <laughs> well, that just stands for We Are People, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, good, yeah, good. yeah. Yeah. Is that All what right. that actually stands for? <laughs> no. Okay, good. Just making sure I'm not the only no. crazy one around here. It stands for a, um, a place. Hydrated. Mm hmm. Artificial. Mule. Okay. Cat. Hi- hydrated mule cat? Yes. <laughs> there you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, you find me? Yeah. You I find me? All right. Took, took a second. So the hired hand, Ray Lamphere, that we talked about earlier, was deeply in love with Belle. Ah. He performed any task for her, no matter how gruesome. Any? He became, yeah. Yeah. Any? Oh, yeah. She used to sneak. We'll talk. Oh, okay. So he became jealous of the many men who arrived to, you know, court his lovely belle. Oh, no. And began making scenes. No. Yes. He's like, this is bullshit. The fuck? <laughs> like, is that, would it be, or would it be more like, come on now. You're my woman. Come on, I want to roll you in flour and find a wet spot. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That's gross. It's gross. How dare how dare you say such things? What the fuck? <laughs> I've never heard of that. Yeah. How dare you talk like that, Logan? This is a family show. Stop it right now. I'm about to use that. <laughs> <laughs> so she fired him on February 3rd of 1908. Shortly after dispensing with Lamphere, she presented herself at the Laporte Courthouse. 
Okay, so she got rid of him, and she go there, go go there. She went there and <laughs> declared that Ray was not in his right mind and was a menace to the public. That son of a bitch. Well, I mean, yeah, he's just carrying around a bunch of flour, right? <laughs> <laughs> Freaking, what is that called? Powdering somebody? Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. I have to go powder my nose and other places. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so she somehow convinced local authorities to hold a sanity hearing for Ray. Oh, shit. Okay. Lamb Fear was pronounced sane, okay. and he was let go. Oh. But uh, Bell was back a few days later to complain to the sheriff that Lamb Fear had visited the farm and argued with her. She contended that he threatened her family and had Ray arrested for trespassing. Oh. Mm. So, you think he was just upset? I mean, was I, he upset? Was he doing things to poor Belle? Oh, maybe. Like, was he just, you know, was, was, he, was he just mad? Yeah, he could have been. You know, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, maybe. He also, again, was not the brightest bulb in the box. Ah. Wasn't the sharpest pencil in the drawer. Mm-hmm. The brightest color in the cram box. Okay. He was a couple of sandwiches short of a picnic. Okay. A couple of nuggets short of a happy meal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all those. Okay. Yeah. So, of course, Ray returned again and again to see her, but she told him to kick rocks each time. Uh, then Lemfear made thinly disguised threats. Like, oh. on one occasion, he confided to Farmer William Slater, and every time I read that, it looks like William Shatner, and I was just like, there's something on the wing! <laughs> so anyway, he said to him, uh, quote, Helgillian won't bother me no more. We fixed him for keeps. Oh. So I was right on how he actually talked the second time. Mm, yeah, yeah, you was right. Yeah. Helgillian had long since disappeared from the area, or so it was believed. Mm. However, his brother, um, it's either Asley or, no, it's Asley. A-S-L-E. Asley? Assel. Assel? Assel. I really hope that's it. <laughs> That'd be amazing. So we're going to, so Assel Helgillian <laughs> was disturbed when Andrew failed, his brother uh, failed to return home, and he wrote to Bell in Indiana asking her about you know, where the fuck's my brother at? Yeah. Right? Bell wrote back telling Assel that his brother was not at the farm and probably went to Norway to visit relatives. Dude, come on. Obviously. Right. Dude's just buku full of books. Right. So Assel said he did not believe that his brother would do that. No. He believed his brother was still in Laporte. Okay, that was the last place that he was seen and or heard from. Oh, okay. So Bell, being the ballsy bitch she was, told him that if uh, he wanted to come and look for his brother... She would help conduct a search. Oh, that's so sweet. But she cautioned him that uh, searching for missing people was an expensive proposition. If she were to be involved in such a manhunt, she stated, uh, you know, oh, asshole here would, uh, you know, be prepared to pay for her efforts. Of course. And, uh, you know, so asshole did the best thing you probably could do and come to the farm. Mm, with a pocket full of cash. But not until May. Oh, okay. Right. He waited some time. Yeah, right. Yeah. So now Ray Lamphere represented an unresolved danger to Belle. And now, asshole here, was making inquiries that could very well send her to the gallows. I mean, uh, if she's found guilty of something. I mean, really? She told a lawyer in Laporte, uh, M.E. Lila. 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 la. La 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 la. No, you don't know that one? <laughs> no. We're going to call him Emmy. Okay. That she feared for her life and for her children's. Oh, okay. Man. Now, Ray, she said, had threatened to kill her and burn her house down. <gasps> oh, wait a minute. That sounds all too familiar. What? So it's been Ray all along. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Where is it? Fucking Ray. Fucking Ray. 
She wanted to make out a will just in case Lamphere followed through with his threats. That makes sense. M.E., whatever his name is, the attorney compiled uh, and drew up her will. Okay? Got, got a will for her. Good. She Good. left her entire estate to her children and left the office of the lawyer. She went to one of the Laporte banks holding the uh, mortgage for her property mm-hmm. and, not suspiciously at all, paid everything off. Good. I mean... One does that. I mean, yeah, if I'm going to die, I don't want to give debt to my kids. Right, exactly. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Exactly. Left it to her kids. You know, come on. Right it's there. amazing. It's yeah. amazing. Good mom. However, she did not go to the police to tell them about Ray's allegedly life-threatening conduct. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The reason for this most historical true crime nerds agree was that there hadn't been any threats. She was merely setting the stage for her own arson. Oh. He was what they call a patsy. Oh. We can call him Patsy Klein. Oh, oh yeah? No. Please no? don't ruin that. Yeah. Pat, Pat. That no. was my fault. I take it back. <laughs> so Joe Maxson, um, Joe Maxson here, who had been hired to replace Ray Lamphere as the hand here uh, mm-hmm. in February of 1908, he awoke in the early hours of April 28th, 1908, smelling smoke in his room on the second floor of the Gunnis house. Ooh. He opened the hall door to a shitload of flames. Maxson screamed Gunnis' name and those of her children, but got no response. He slammed the door and then, on his tidy whities leaped from the second-story window of his room, barely surviving the fiver that was a fiver, the fire that was closing in around him. He raced to town to get help, but by the time the old-fashioned hook and ladder fire truck, you know, one of them old ones, yeah, those ones, yeah, when it finally arrived at the farm at early dawn, the farmhouse was a big old pile of smoke and ruins. Four bodies were found inside the house. Oh shit! One of the bodies was that of a woman who could not be immediately identified as Belle since she uh, she didn't have a head. Oh, shit. Yeah. No head. No head. She lost her head. She just, she just popped off? Just, she's, yeah, gone. She disappeared. It's gone. Fired? Can do that. She sneezed and, <laughs> yep. <laughs> the head was never found. Oh. Okay, the bodies of her children were found still in their beds. Oh. County Sheriff Smutzer had uh, somehow heard about uh, Lamphere's alleged threats through the grapevine. Oh. So he took one look at the carnage and quickly went after the former handyman. Damn. That fucking Lamphere. He did say he was going to burn a place yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, So attorney Lelitzer came forward to recount his tale about Gunnis' will and how she feared Ray would kill her. Damn. And her family. And coincidentally, coincident. You guys can't see me winking. Coincidentally. <laughs> Burn her house down. Yeah, I mean, mm. she did say that's what he was going she to do. She did say that that was what he said he was going to do. Mm. That is what she what said. She said he was so <laughs> said was gonna have right. So well, Ray here really didn't help out his own cause here. No, no, not really. Did he say he was gonna burn him down. Nah, the moment Sheriff Smutzer here confronted him, and before the lawman uttered a word, in his tidy whities in his tidy. No, that was the other guy. Oh damn! Yeah, that was the other the, the hand that came in. Oh, later. The hand, the that, other hand, ah, gotcha. the hand that rocks the cradle. No, it doesn't make any sense. So, anyway, he walks up to him before he could say anything. Mm-hmm. Old Ray Lamphere exclaimed, "Did Widow Gunnis and the kids get out all right?" Mm. So, did he know about the fire? I mean, that sounds plausible. Maybe he did live up to the words that she said he said he was going to do. It's all about the he said, she said bullshit. (laughs) He was then told about the fire, but he denied having anything to do with it, claiming that he was not near the farm when the blaze occurred. Well, how do we know? Right. I mean... We're just taking his word for it right mm, now. And there ain't no one else to back it up. I don't like the cut of his jib. Okay. (laughs) 
So a young little dude, uh, John Soliam, was mm-hmm. brought forward. Okay. He said he was watching the Gunnis place. Weird. And saw Lamphere running down the road from the Gunnis house just before the structure erupted in flames. Oh, shit. Lamphere snorted to the boy. Hold on. I got to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't look me in the eye and say that. That, that's what he said. I had to get the snort in there. I don't know if that was very good. That actually kind of hurt my sinus. <laughs> Quote, yes, I will, replied Solium. You found me hiding behind the bushes, and you told me you'd kill me if I didn't get out of there. Lamphere was arrested and charged with murder and arson. Damn. Then a shit ton of investigators, sheriff's deputies, cor- uh, coroner's men, and many volunteers began to search the ruins of the pig farm for evidence. Gotcha. Okay. Right? Makes all the sense in the world. So the headless woman's body was a massive concern to LaPorte residents. Um, C. Christofferson, a neighboring farmer, mm-hmm. looked at the charred remains of the, the body and said that it was not the remains of Bell Gunnis. How the fuck he know that's a burnt body? As did another farmer, L. Nicholson, and so did Mrs. Austin Cutler, an old friend of Gunnis. Damn, they really pay attention to these people, man. More of Gunnis' old friends, Mrs. May Olander and uh, Mr. Sigward Olson, arrived from Chicago they examined the remains of the headless woman and also said it was not Belle. How the fuck do they know? Well, let's talk about it. Okay. Doctors then measured the remains and, making allowances for the body's missing neck and head, mm-hmm. stated that the corpse was that of a woman who stood about five foot three inches tall and weighed no more than 150 pounds. That's a a small girl. Friends and neighbors, as well as the Laporte dressmakers who made all of Belle's dresses and other garments, Ah. swore that Belle Mm -hmm. was taller than 5'8 and weighed between 180 and 200 pounds. Mm. Mm -hmm. Remember, she was a very large woman who could toss around clothing trunks like they were Frisbees. Mm. Detailed measurements of the body were compared with those on file with several Laporte stores where she purchased her apparel. Gotcha. Seems weird. What do you really need, especially back then, to identify the body of someone? Mm, I would, I, I, I want to say, you know, measurements, skin, maybe a head. Ah, uh, there it is. There it is. I think a head would help. It w- wouldn't hinder the process. I think not having it would hinder the process. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit. It's kind of hard to go, hey, who's this? I don't know. They don't have a fucking head. Yeah. Yeah. I you mean, know, but she was burned. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'd be kind of hard. Maybe, maybe she shrunk when she got burned. Hey, and maybe. Hmm? Hypothetically, what we talk about before, allegedly, in fires, mm-hmm. the human brain or the head, skull it, it can smokes. actually pop. Yeah, remember? Yeah, right. They didn't say it was a clean cut, right? Mm. So we don't know. Yeah, it's true. Right? Maybe she just shrunk, dehydrated, and all that. Right? From the heat. Right? It's mm. possible. The five inches ain't that much. Don't tell my wife that. <laughs> so, when the two sets of measurements were compared, the authorities concluded that the headless woman could not possibly have been Bell Gunnis, even when the ravages of the fire on the body were considered. So the flesh was severely burned, but intact. Oh. Moreover, Dr. J. Myers um, examined to the uh, the to the examined the internal organs of the dead woman. He sent the stomach contents of the victims to a pathologist in Chicago, who reported months later that the organs contained lethal doses of quaaludes. Soap. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was strychnine. Oh shit. Yeah. So poisoned. I, I was really hopeful for Quaalude. Who, who knew? You mean Quaaline or, or Quaaludes? Because those two totally different things. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, 
Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Those are two totally different things. <laughs> if she had quaaludes in her, that'd be all kinds of crazy. <laughs> I don't even think they existed back then. <laughs> so anyway, she she kind of knew her way around some uh, some uh, poison. Some cleaners, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, Everyday rat poisons. A little, little bit of arsenic. I mean. A.K.A. quinine, qualk, whatever it is. You know? Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying it's a little fuzzy. Allegedly. Like I kind of had her back a little more about 10 minutes ago is all I'm saying. Okay, okay. So now okay. I'm starting to shift a little bit. Just a little bit? Just a little bit. Ah, I'm, I'm still kind of sticking there. Okay, good. Yeah. Gunnis's dentist, Dr. Ira P. Norton, said that if the teeth and or dental work of the headless corpse had been located, all right, he could definitely ascertain if it was for sure Bell Gunnis. Why would there just be random teeth and not a head? That is really funny that you mentioned that. Oh, shit. <laughs> Enter Louis Klondike Schultz. Klond- Schultz! Klondike. Yes. A former miner who was hired to build a sluice. Okay, you know what a sluice is? No. Well, he would begin uh, sifting the debris. As more bodies were unearthed, the sluice was used to isolate human remains on a larger scale. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. And if that doesn't help, what the fuck is a sluice, you may be asking yourself? Yeah, a little bit. Well, it's a sliding gate or other uh, device for controlling the flow of water, especially one in a locked gate. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So it's just to slow down the water so you can kind of go through it and sift it. Mm, gotcha. Sift it. Remember, he's a minor. Mm. Minor. And by minor, I don't mean underage. I oh. mean, like, go and look I was going to say, why would they bring a minor in to check out dead bodies? Yeah, you got to keep the kids away from her. Yeah. All right, let's just get a, that. A little bit of a bad history. Yeah, let's get that she out. she got a lot yeah. of bad luck with accidents. Yes, yes. She's accident prone. It, it happens. happens. On May 19th, <laughs> 1908, a piece of bridge work... Oh, <clears throat> was found consisting of two human canine teeth, their roots still attached, porcelain teeth, and gold crown work in between. Interesting. Yeah, that, isn't that weird? Norton, her dentist, you know, Dr. Ira P. Norton over here, identified them as work done for Bell Gunnis. Mm. As a result, Coroner Charles Mack officially concluded that the adult female body discovered in the burn debris was, in fact, Bell Gunnis. Had to have been. They found the teeth and everything. Even though nothing fucking else lines up. What the teeth do? Mm. She got all the teeth. She's not the same size. Has no head. But hey, we found her teeth. Hey, it's good. Well, um, and, and I'm not sure if I put this in here or not, but I, uh, I have to mention this, and I may have put it in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, somebody, hold on, let's go through this first. Okay, okay, just, okay. just remember old Klondike Schultz. Klondike. Klondike. What Klond- would you do for a Klondike boy? Schultz! <laughs> So asshole Helga Lalane, whatever his name is here, arrived in Laporte and told Sheriff Smutzer that he believed his brother had met with foul play at Gunnis's hands. No shit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Shocker. Surprise. Then the new farmhand, Joe Maxson, the guy who jumped out of the window in the study whiteies. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. He actually came forward with information that could not possibly be ignored. Oh. He told the sheriff that Bell had ordered him mm-hmm. to bring loads of dirt by wheelbarrow to a large area surrounded by a high wire fence where the hogs were fed. Weird. I mean, get a bear to poop somehow. Yeah, I guess. Maybe make a flower bed. Yeah. So, uh, old uh, smoking Joe here, he said that uh, there were many deep impressions in the ground that had been covered by dirt. Hmm. These filled in holes. Bell had told Joe mm-hmm. they were nothing but garbage, man. I'm just taking the garbage and yeah. burying the garbage. They don't have any garbage men that come out there. Right. You know exactly. I mean? you, you want the whole place smelling like shit? No. No. We're, no. We live on a fucking pig farm. You want the whole place to smell like shit? It's going to smell like shit and hot garbage. What are we doing over here? What is this, fucking Jersey? Get it? Hey! (laughs) That was for the sister skeleton. Oh, okay. And for our other listeners out there, but most definitely for them. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so 
basically there's these holes. Mm-hmm. She says there's garbage in there. Mm-hmm. She wanted the ground made level. Okay. Well, so he filled in all the depression. So basically, like, where there were holes, there's, like, little sink spots. Right, right, right. And she's like, um, dude, I trip every time I walk out there right. to feed the hogs. Wink, wink. And I'm accident prone to begin with. Right, exactly. Don't need a grinder falling on my head, too. Right. I mean, yeah, you get it. Yeah, I yeah. understand. You get it. Yeah. So, again, we're talking about this, uh, you know, possibility that maybe there was some digging going on back there. Yeah. Well, Sheriff Smutzer took a dozen men back to the farm and began to dig. On May 3rd, 1908, the diggers unearthed the body of Bell's stepdaughter, Jenny Olson, who vanished in December of 1906. Remember, we said it. Yeah, she went to finishing school. We knew school. we'd find that one, right? We kind of knew. Yeah, we had it. She definitely went to finishing school. Yes. Not the one she wanted to go to. Nope. She was finished already. Not the one she wanted to go to. Then they found these small bodies of two unidentified children. Subsequently, the body of Andrew Helgillian was unearthed. Uh, they actually, his overcoat was found to be worn uh, by Ray Lamphere. Interesting. Kind of fucked up. Mm, yeah. As days progressed and the gruesome work continued, one body after another was discovered on Gunnis's hog pen. So let's run through these poor, poor fucking bastards. Yeah. All right. There was Ola B. Budsberg of Iola, Wisconsin, right? right. Yep. All right. Vanished in May of 1907. There was Thomas Linbo, who had left Chicago and had gone to work as a hired man for Gunnis three years earlier. There was uh, Henry Gerholt of Scandinavia, Wisconsin, who had gone to wed her a year earlier. Remember, he wanted to marry her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking $1,500 with her, or some say 1000 some say 15 whatever. A, a watch uh, corresponding to one belonging to Gerholt was found with a body there. So mm. had the watch on. Mm. Then there was Olaf Svenerhood from Chicago. <laughs> That's so weird how that name just does not work there. John Moe, we talked about him, of yeah. Elbow Lake, Minnesota. His watch was found in Lamphere's possession. Interesting. Olaf Lindblom, he was 35 from Wisconsin. Reports of other possible victims uh, began to come in as well, like William Mengay, a coachman of New York City who had left uh, the city on April 1st of 1904. Herman Connitzer of Chicago, who disappeared in January of 1906. Um, Charles Edmond of New Carlisle, Indiana. George Berry of Tusc- uh, Tusc- <laughs> Tuscaloosa. You're close. Tuscola. Damn. Damn. Illinois. Christy Hil- uh, Hilkvin of Duver, Barron County, Wisconsin, who sold his farm and came to LaPorte in 1906 to be with Bell. Charles Nyberg, a 28-year-old Scandinavian immigrant who lived in Philadelphia, told his friends that he was going to visit Gunnis in June of 1906 and never came back. Damn. He had been working for a saloon keeper and took $500 with him. Hmm. John H. This last name is amazing. John H. McJunkin. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Like You don't even need a nickname after that. Nah, man. Are you guys going to hang out with McJunkin? Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, you fucking with that guy? Oh, you, oh, oh okay, all right. Well, he was from Coriopolis uh, near Pittsburgh. He left his wife in December of 1906 after corresponding with a Laporte woman. Ah, left wonder, his wife? Yeah, wonder who the Laporte woman might have been. Mm. Hmm. Olaf Jensen, a uh, Norwegian immigrant of Carroll, Indiana, wrote his relatives in 1906 and saying that he was going to marry a wealthy widow at uh, Laporte. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Henry Bizge, it's either Bizge or Bizge. It's B-I-Z-G-E. It's Bizge. 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 So now we have, so now we've got asshole and Bizge. And Bizge. <laughs> Bill. <laughs> Odi. Uh, oh, see, he's from, um, from Laporte, who disappeared in June of 1906, and his hired uh, man named Edward Cannery of P- uh, Pink Lake III also vanished in 1906. Okay. Hmm. 
Burt Chase of Mishawaka, ah, nope, Mishawaka, Indiana, sold his butcher shop and told friends of a wealthy widow that he was going to look, um, you know, look up. Okay. Mm-hmm. His brother received a telegram, supposedly from Aberdeen, South Dakota, claiming Burt had been killed in a train wreck. Oh. His brother investigated and found that the telegram was full of shit and fake. Wow. Then there's Tonus Peterson. Oh, I was wrong. Tonus Peterson Line. Line? Line. Line. Of Rushford, Minnesota, and alleged to have disappeared April 2nd of 1907. Then there was a gold ring, okay, marked SB, the initials SB, mm-hmm. May 28th, 1907. Huh. That was found on the ruins. A hired man named George Bradley of Tus- ah, Tusca. Another one of Tusca or whatever. Um, he had gone to uh, Laporte to meet a wom- uh, a widow with three children in October of 1907. Weird. T.J. Teflin of Minnesota is alleged to have come to see Gunnis in 1907. Frank Reidinger, a farmer of Waukesha, uh, Wisconsin, came to Indiana in 1907 to marry and never returned. Damn. <sighs> Emil Tell, a Swede from Kansas City, Missouri, is alleged to have gone in uh, gone in 1907 to Laporte. Lee Porter of Bartonville, Oklahoma, separated from his wife and told his brother he was going to marry a wealthy widow at Laporte. John E. Hunter left uh, Duquesne, Pennsylvania. Duquesne. Yeah, or, or, or it's either that or Duquesne. Yeah, Duquesne. Okay. Yeah. On November 25th, 1907, after telling his daughters he was going to marry a wealthy widow in northern Indiana. Wow. Two other Pennsylvanians, George Williams of what is this name? <laughs> Wapawalapin. Wait, what? Wap Wapawalapin. 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 That's his. That's his whole name. No, that's this where he's from. Oh, that's where he's from. Wapawalapin, Pennsylvania. Wa- <laughs> yes, Wapawalapin, Pennsylvania. Wow, that is a fucking thing. Can we go there? Can you just say that? <laughs> Wapawalapin, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Wapawalapin. What a name. And then uh, Ludwig Stoll of Mount Jaeger um, also left their homes to marry someone in the West. Abraham Phillips, a railway man of Burlington, West Virginia, left the winter of 1907 to go to northern Indiana and marry a rich widow. A railway watch was found in the debris of the house. Benjamin Carling of Chicago, Illinois, was last seen by his wife in 1907 after telling her that he was going to Laporte to secure an investment with a wealthy widow. Okay. He brought $1,000 from an insurance company and borrowed money from several investors as well. Damn. In June 1908, his widow was able to identify his remains from Laporte's Pauper's Cemetery by the contour of his skull and his three missing teeth. Which, I'm sure, maybe maybe I mean, she knows him better than I do. I mean, maybe. A thousand dollars at that time, by the way, that he brought with him was worth about thirty-one thousand five hundred and twenty-two dollars today. Ugh. So it's a good chunk of change. A little bit. Let's see. Then there was also um, August Gunderson of uh, Green Lake, Wisconsin. Uh, there was another Ole. Uh, there's Lindard Nicholson, um, Johann Sorensen, and possibly another victim was the name Hinkley. Okay. And there's unnamed victims here as well. Jeez. Dude, I'm telling you, this is this whole story is just crazy. There's a daughter of Mrs. H. Witzer of Toledo, Ohio, who had uh, attended Indiana University near LaPorte in, uh, in 1902. They're blaming. Ah, got you. Gunneth. An unknown man and woman are alleged to have disappeared in September 1906, the same night Jenny Olson went missing. Gunnis claimed they were uh, Los, they were a Los Angeles professor and his wife who had taken Jenny to California. Hmm. So, yeah. A brother of Miss Jenny Graham of Waukesha, Wisconsin, who had left her to marry a rich widow in LaPorte, but vanished. A hired man from Ohio, age 50, na- uh, whose name was unknown, is alleged to have disappeared, and Gunnis became the heir to his horse and buggy. Mm. 
An unnamed man from Montana told people at a resort he was going to sell Gunnis his horse and buggy, another one, which were found with several other horse and buggies at the farm. God damn, dude. <laughs> yeah. Most of the remains found on the property could not be identified. Because of the crude recovery methods, the number of individuals unearthed on the Gunnis farm is unknown, but it is believed to be approximately 12, at least. Mm. They're not 100 on it because... On May 19, 1908, the remains of approximately seven unknown victims were buried in two coffins and unmarked graves in the pauper section of Laporte's Pine Lake Cemetery. Andrew Halgalian and Jenny Olson are buried in Laporte's Patton Cemetery near Peter Guinness. Or Peter Guinness, that's her dad. Yeah. Now, here's the crazy part. Okay, no, actually, there's way more. But remember earlier I said to, to remind me of who was his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schultz. Full name, please. Uh, Klondike. Klondike Schultz. Yes. Um, it's actually alleged, too, and multiple people said that they saw him. First of all, I guess he was like a drunk and kind of like a shysty guy. Oh. But some people claimed that they watched him mm-hmm. throw the bridge into the ground. Oh. When he was out there looking for it because he was like such a badass dude. Yeah. Apparently, there's a bunch of stories and shit that he's just kind of a, a turd burglar. Ah. Yeah. Just gotcha. saying. Okay. All right, so uh, here's the even more fucked up part, if it's at all possible here. God damn, yeah, I don't know. Ray Lamphere, you know, her yeah. first guy that was in love with her, and then he got freaking caught up on these charges, and she's like, he did, and he's like, no, I didn't, and then that thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was arrested on May 22nd, 1908, and tried for murder and arson. He denied the charges of arson and murder that were filed against him. Of course he would. Yeah, it makes sense. His defense hinged on the assertion that the body was not that of the big old girl, Belle Gunnis. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. He's like, how could I have killed her if that ain't her? <laughs> you valid. Know what I'm valid. Like, that's... But then who's that woman? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you didn't accuse me of killing that one. You accused me of killing her. You know? I don't, look, let's not split hairs here. Hey, okay? she got caught up in something that wasn't her business. Yeah. It's not my fault she died, yeah. all right? We're not talking about her. We're right. talking about Belle, okay? Right. Where the hell did that bitch at? Yeah, and that bitch is gone. Not because of me, though. Right. Not Right. Not me. I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, Ray Lamphere is a stand-up guy. Yeah, I just take I just personal exactly of everybody else so what i think is, and we'll go through this too when we go to the end and give our final thoughts but yeah i have a, a little bit of a, a thought on that whole thing okay okay so now ray lamphere's lawyer mm-hmm. work warden oh yeah sounds like something you get when you take a shower at a community pool but anyway i got that work warden so developed evidence that contradicted norton's identification of the teeth and bridge work okay i got it I was waiting for it to spill over. <laughs> I drank most of it before we did it. Oh, okay, good, good, good. I just saw it was getting real white real quick, and I was like, oh, shit. Is it coming up more? <laughs> I think I got it. <laughs> making Margaret beer is at the table. We're making Margaret beer is here. Up there. And again, <laughs> son of a bitch. Everybody, we need to go to put salt in the beer. Ah, it give, kind, me, give me the lime juice. It kind of foams. Give me the lime juice. Lime juice. Hold on. And right, there's more. Oh, it's going down. Oh, yeah, you, so that's the key. Yeah, you put the lime juice. You the put lime. the lime in the, <laughs> the coconut, coconut and mix it all up. So anyway, we're making margarita beers here. And uh, every time I make one recently, like it foams up like nobody's business. Yes. So, so that's, I tried to do it while I was talking to all of you. And I made a mess almost. It's a, but we didn't spill no beer. That's all that matters. Don't spill that shit. Anyway, so. Wurt Warden here, the, yes. the foot fungus. Yes. He developed evidence that con- contradicted Norton's identification of the teeth and bridge work. Remember, oh, really? her, her original mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. dentist. Yes. A local jeweler testified oh. that though the gold in the bridge work had emerged from the fire almost undamaged, the fierce heat of the fire had melted the gold plating on several watches and items of gold jewelry. Mm. 
so odd that this one piece would not be melted because it was so hot there. I mean, maybe it was just in a right. area. Right. You know? Local doctors replicated the fire conditions by attaching a similar dental bridge work to a human jawbone and placing it in a blacksmith's forge, which is going to be hot as shit. Yeah, a little bit. The natural teeth crumbled and disintegrated. Porcelain teeth came out, pocked and pitted, and the gold parts melted. Mm. Both the artificial elements were damaged to a great uh, greater degree than those in the bridge work offered as evidence of uh, Gunness's identity. Okay. But okay. they they don't really know how hot it got. Though. Well, yeah, you know what I mean? True, true, true. So the hired hand, the second one, old tidy whitey Joe Maxson, and another man also testified. Oh, here's the part that I was talking about. I, ah. ju- I jumped ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually testified that um, they they actually saw old Klondike Schultz take the bridge work out of his pocket and plant it just before it was discovered. Hmm. I was drinking when I wrote this. So soon be if it goes to tank. Anyway, so Ray Lamphere was found guilty of arson but acquitted of murder. Mm. Okay, so they still think that he set the fire. You know, okay. freaking Billy Joel over here. On November 26, 1908, he was sentenced to 20 years in state prison in Michigan City. He died of the old TB the next year in December 30th of 1909. That sucks. Damn. But, I mean, whatever. So, on January 14th, 1910, the Reverend E.A. Shell came forward with a confession that Ray Lamphere said to have made to him while the clergyman was comforting the dying man. In it, Lamphere revealed Gunnis's crimes and swore that she was still alive. Oh. Lamphere had stated to the Reverend Shell and a fellow convict, Harry Myers, shortly before his death that he had not murdered anyone but had helped Bell bury many of her victims. When a victim arrived, she made him comfortable, charming him, cooking him, cooking him a large, a good meal. You know, okay, okay. She then drugged their coffee, and when the man was all fucked up, she split his head with a meat chopper. Damn. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she would simply wait for the suitor to go to bed and then enter the bedroom by candlelight and chloroform the hapless sap. Remember the one guy, he's like, yeah. I'm fucking gone, because he's like, hee-hee, and took off running. <laughs> a little leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the leprechaun. Remember, that, so we have somebody that actually saw that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A powerful woman, Belle would then carry the body to the basement, place it on a table, and dissect it. Dissect it? Dissect it. <laughs> she then bundled the remains and buried these in the hog pen and on the grounds around the house. Thanks to her second husband's instruction, Peter Gunnis, the butcher, Belle had become an expert at dissection. Remember, she worked at this place with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To save time, she sometimes poisoned her victim's coffee with strychnine. Mm-hmm. Remember, there were also children that were poisoned and stuff, too. Yeah, it's fucked up. She also varied her disposal methods, sometimes dumping the corpse into the hog-scalding vat and covering the remains with quicklime. Hmm. Lamphere even stated that if Belle was overly tired after murdering one of her victims, she merely chopped up the remains and, in the middle of the night, stepped into her hog pen and fed the remains to the hogs. I was about to say, man, what? She lives on a pig farm? Remember, they don't eat everything. They eat almost everything. Almost. But not everything. So maybe she was just trying to, like, I don't know. Maybe she liked her hogs better than she liked her kids. I mean, that's kind of fucked up, but they were maybe potentially making her money. But it doesn't sound like I'm too far off, though. No. So, old Ray Lamphere also cleared up the mysterious question of the headless female corpse found in Bell's home's smoking remains. Oh, really? Gunnis had lured this woman from Chicago on the pretense of hiring her as a housekeeper only days before she decided to make her permanent escape from Laporte. Mm. Bell, according to Lamphere, had drugged the woman, then bashed in her head and decapitated the body, taking the head, like with her, which had weights tied to it, okay, and throwing it at a swamp. Mm. Okay, in the deep water. Mm. 
Then she chloroformed her own children, smothered them to death, and dragged their small bodies along with the headless corpse to the basement. Jeez. That way when everything burned, it would all come down on top of it. Yeah. She dressed the female corpse up in her old clothing and removed her false teeth, placing these beside the headless corpse to assure it being identified as Belle Guinness. Mm. Guinness, damn it. She then torched the house and took off. Rayla and Fear had helped her, he admitted, but she didn't take off by the road where he waited for her after the fire had been set. She had actually betrayed her one-time partner in crime in the end by cutting across open fields and then disappearing into the woods. Some accounts suggest that uh, Ray Lamphere admitted that he took her to Stillwell, a town about nine miles from LaPorte, and saw her get on a train and head to Chicago. Oh, shit. Yeah. So now, Ray Lamphere said that Belle was a rich woman and that she had murdered 42 men by his count. That's fucking crazy. And maybe more. And had taken amounts from uh, from all of them, ranging from $1,000 to $32,000. She had allegedly accumulated more than $25,000 through her murder schemes over the years. A considerable fortune and right around $10 million in today's money. Jeez. It's a lot of money. It's a little bit. She had a small amount remaining in one of her savings accounts, uh, but local banks later admitted that she had withdrawn most of her money shortly before the fire. Weird. That is kind of weird. So weird. Yeah, well, but she was trying to keep what's his face yeah. on her. Bell withdrawing most of her money suggested that she was planning to evade the law. You think? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gunnis was for several decades allegedly seen um, or sighted in cities and towns throughout the United States. Just random cities. Well, friends, acquaintances, and amateur detectives apparently spotted her on the streets of Chicago, which we heard that that's one of the places she may have went. Yeah. San Francisco, New York, and Los Angeles. Wow. As late as 1931. Jeez. Gunnis was reported alive and living in a Mississippi town where she supposedly owned a great deal of property and lived the life of a respected woman. Hmm. Had a bunch of money, bunch of property. Hmm. 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 Yeah, I don't know. Sheriff Smootzer, for more than 20 years, received an average of two reports a month. She became part of the American criminal folklore, a female Sasquatch, if you will. Oh, Gunnis' three children's bodies were found in the home's wreckage, like we were talking about, but the headless adult female corpse with them was never positively identified. Bell's true fate is actually unknown. Laporte residents were divided between believing that Lamphere killed her and that she had faked her own death. In 1931, a woman known as Esther Carlson was arrested in Los Angeles for poisoning August Lindstrom for money. Two people who had known Gunnis claimed to recognize her from photographs, but the identification was never proven, and Carlson died while she was on trial. Wow. And no DNA back then, buddy. Nope, sure wasn't. So what the fuck happened to the Hell's Bell over here? Hell's to Bell Gunnis. The body believed to be that of Bell Gunnis was buried next to her first husband at Forest Home Cemetery in Forest Park, Illinois, which is fucked up. Mm. Especially if it's not her, and they pretty much know it's not. Yeah. Okay, so on November 5th, 2007... With the permission of descendants of Bell's sister, the headless body was exhumed from Gunnis' grave in Forest Home Cemetery by a team of forensics uh, anthropologists and graduate students from the University of Indianapolis to learn her true identity. Gotcha. It was initially hoped that a sealed envelope flap on a letter found at the victim's farm would contain enough DNA to be compared to that of the body. Unfortunately, there was not enough DNA. Dang. So efforts continue to find a reliable source for comparison purposes. You know, I mean, you kind of have to. Right. Including the discern, uh, this disinterment of other bodies in contact with known living relatives. As far as we know, 
Belle Gunnis, the wicked Norwegian bitch, got away with so many murders, including her own. And now, boys and girls, it's your favorite part of the show, the movie review. Which top ten movies will make the cut today? Ta-da! Ta-da! Ta-da, Junior! Yeah! <laughs> Sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, so you know what? You know what we're going to do? I, I don't know. Oh, you, yeah, because you didn't know what the hell we were doing to begin no, with, did you? No, and I'm still over here with my jaw dropped, so it's cool. So what do you think about that? What do you think about old Gal, old Belle Gunnis? Oh, she innocent, bro. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, it was all Ray all day long. Yeah? yeah. Oh, oh from, I can see that. From the start, man. I, I can see that. He was just so obsessed. So you think it was it was Ray Lanfear, huh? Oh, 100%. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Even on his deathbed, he was lying. Yeah. Lying fool. I got uh, I got some some land, some swamp land to sell you one of these days. Just let me know when you're ready, and uh, yeah, we'll... Uh, We'll get into it. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some swamp land. I'll sell, I'll sell it to you. You're going to sell me some swamp land? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Nice. It's beautiful. You'll love it. Trust me. Are there going to be pigs there? Yes, there will be. Fuck yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to do for our list of movies here, uh, top 10 faked deaths in movies. Ooh. Yes. Yes. I'm what... Yes. <laughs> Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about these. So number 10 here on our list is The Count of Monte Cristo. And I love a good Monte Cristo. Yeah, it is a good sandwich. They're so good. God, Mm. I love them. I'm actually kind of hungry right now. So not good for you. I haven't had one of those in years. A Monte Cristo? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm. So good. Deep Mm. fried with the like raspberry inside and the ham and turkey. You guys hungry? Because I'm hungry. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So you never seen this one before? 2002? It's based off a very popular book. Oh, is it? Yes. Mm. In this famous tale from Alexander Dumas, a young French man is denied happiness and the woman of his dreams by three conniving friends who want the fortune of his soon-to-be bride for themselves. They cook up a conspiracy implicating young Edmond Dante as an English spy and turn him over to the authorities who throw him into the darkest hole in France, an island prison nobody returns from. Oh. With the help of a lifer on the rock, he is able to escape and use smuggler's gold to return in a new guise, the Count of Monte Cristo. Ooh. And to exact his revenge on the three who do not realize the new nobleman is secretly Dante. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. It's good. Is it good? Yeah, it's cool. Is it as good as a sandwich? No. Oh, okay, good. No. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, let's see. Then it says number nine. I don't know why it says this. James Bond, multiple films. Well, yeah, because everyone fakes their own death in that. Mm, but do they, though? Yeah, I mean, kind of. Mm, but do they, though? I do not want you to talk. <laughs> I want you to die. <laughs> so anyway, that's that one. Uh, number eight, the Saw series, because it seems like that happens every fucking movie. Yeah, pretty much. The first one, dude, it got me. Yeah? It got me. Really? I love Carrie Elways. I love that that was like such a low budget. Yeah. And when always. you're watching it, you're not thinking the entire time. And yeah, I'm going to spoil this because it was in 2004. You better have seen it. And if not, it's too late. So when the dude sits up at the very end, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because he's supposed to be dead the whole time in the middle of the room. Yeah, it was pretty fucking You dope. have seen that, right? Yeah, I've seen all the saws. Okay. Except for the newest one. What is it called? Twisted or some shit like that? Hmm? The newest one? The one with Chris Rock in it? Yeah. Yeah, that's actually called <laughs> I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I thought it was something like I, way off. I of... don't know. I don't remember. No, it's called uh what's the hell that thing? Spiral. Spiral. Yes. Is that what it was? I think that's what it is. Actually pretty fucking good. I that's, think that is what it is. Do that out. Just threw it out there. It's probably not. So let's stop stroking our own egos here, you know what I'm saying? Stroking. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Stop jerking each other off, fellas. <laughs> Ew. So number 7, species. Uh, oh, 
Maybe. It's a good movie. Have I? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, Natasha Natasha Henstridge, where she's like, you know, the alien that comes down and she's like trying to like procreate with someone, but everybody sucks, and so she just kills them all, and her boobies are hanging out the entire time. I have not seen this. Really? It's good. The first one's good. I have to. There's more. Sands the boobies. Oh, yeah. It's got Michael Madsen in it. Forrest Whitaker. Ben, oh. ben Kingsley. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Milk. Cut <laughs> his eye. His eye off. He's an amazing actor, though. Goo goo gaga. Number six, Clue from 1985. Yes. Love this movie. Fucking amazing. It's so freaking awesome. If you guys haven't seen that, I mean, first of all, <gasps> to the kitchen. <laughs> Colonel Mustard. It was I. Anyway, based off of uh, Agatha Christie, um, her Ten Little Indians, and it has uh, the, the one and all, he actually posted something recently, uh, Mr. Body, because they were trying to figure out who Mr. Body was. Mr. Body is the body. You know, um, um, uh, damn it, Tim Tim Curry. There it is. Yeah. It's not in here. So anyway, Tim Curry actually posted something on, uh, I think it was TikTok or Facebook the other day. He's looking, looking pretty old. Yeah. But he's such an amazing actor. Yes, yes. Number five, Devil. <gasps> I love Devil. Do you really? Dude, that's a, the one where they're in the elevator. It's fucking amazing, dude. And uh, do you know who wrote the movie? The movie? Correct. Um, it would happen to be a gentleman by the name of, I don't fucking know. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> is it like M. Night Shyamalan or it some is. shit? That's who it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. It makes fucking perfect sense. M. Night Shyamalan a ding dong. That movie's a mind fuck. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's so good. Yeah, again, trapped in an elevator, and basically the devil's coming for you. Oh, it's such a good movie, yeah. though. Yeah, it's that little old lady. Yeah. Mm -mm. Nope, mm -mm. I'm good. Mm -mm. Yeah, no. Uh, and then there were none is number four from 1945. Nope. Yeah, and this is just a... Uh, it's an, uh, a oh, okay, so this is actually another version of Agatha Christie's uh, Ten Little Indians. Oh, shit. But it's the 1945 version. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Number three from 1973, The Sting with Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Mm, that's the one with police in it, right? Um, yes. <laughs> no. Like the stings we talked about last week, you big silly nunkampoop. Oh, you got me. Yeah, it says, uh, if you haven't seen it, give it a go. It's two of the best actors at the top of their game. A brilliant con movie and an excellent period piece that is redolent of the 1930s. Oh. It really bothers me that it says, and a excellent period piece. Mm, yes. Mm. Grandma. It's hard for people. Fix your shit. Mm. Number two is The Third Man from 1950. Nope. Yes. Mm, I do believe this is Orson Welles. Mm. Yes. Yeah, some, uh, Citizen Kane, yeah, Orson Welles. Citizen Kane, yeah. yes, yes. Rosebud. Yes, I've yeah. seen those movies. Have you? Nope. I was going to say, there's no way. <laughs> I of know. all movies, you'd have seen Citizen Kane. I know Citizen Kane. Which I is, just don't. I've never seen it. It's revered as literally one of the best movies ever made. Debatable. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Oh, so I didn't say it wasn't best. debatable. I'm mm. just saying it's revered as. I don't know who this revere is, but I'm sure you probably yelled the British were coming a couple times, huh? Uh... Yes. Oh. Uh, number one, 2014. Oh. Do you have a guess? Fuck, 2014. It's, a, it's about a faked death. Okay. Yes. JFK. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that one. A good joke, but damn it. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. What would be 2014 fake death? Well, it has been Affleck in it. Okay. You're getting warmer. Affleck. And Rosamund Pike. Nope, lost me. Um, Gone Girl. Never seen it. Yeah, it's uh, actually really fucked up, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. It says here, they seem like a happy couple on the surface, but trouble is brewing in their marriage when Amy suddenly disappears. 
the resulting media circus and search efforts begin to drag all the couple's problems into the spotlight, casting an incriminating finger towards the bereaved husband who may have much to hide from the press. Mm. So basically, she fakes her own death, right, right. makes him look really, really bad because like he was I don't know, cheating or whatever the shit I mean, was. Yeah. Sounds familiar. <laughs> sounds familiar. Hmm. Sounds vaguely familiar. Yes. Was so anyway, the guy's name Ray? Huh? Was the guy's name Ray? Ray? No. No? No. Ray oh. Lemfear? Yeah. Nope. No? <laughs> nope. Wasn't running away? No. Was the house burning down? No. Chick's head cut off? I mean, I don't know. I mean... I wasn't there. Yeah, true. I mean, true. it could have happened. Yeah. Plausible. So anyway, those are the movies for this week, and that is the story of Belle Gunness. And again, we don't do solved true crime. Never. And that is one of those stories that's always really, like, uh, it's, it's always had me... Uh, just enthralled. I never heard of Hell's Bells, and I didn't realize she had that big of a. Uh, she got a, she got a little bit of a rap sheet going on there. Just a little bit. She got a she got a rasta. Allegedly. Alleg- right. It, it still right. could have been Ray. Maybe he lied to the priest. Okay, so again, my my thought on that is, I think that he was in love with her. Mm. Was not a smart guy. Mm. Okay, like his Oreo had very little stuffing. <laughs> Because I, I just made it up. <laughs> that is so. That's pretty good, though. That is good. That is good. Yes. I'm actually going to keep that. Do it. You guys can use it if you want. Just give me credit. That's it. Yeah. Every time you use it, just say, you have to listen to the Midnight Train podcast. Exactly. Right. That's, yeah. all, that's all I ask. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think she was in love with him. I think he was a little, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think she was paying him off Ooh. to help him out. That's why he was getting the watches yeah. and the, 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 the coats, you know, yes. and everything else. And like, not only that, but love makes you do stupid shit. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Especially when you, you know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I just feel like he was probably, listen, he may have been like scared to death of her too. Or maybe he was the actual conspirator behind everything and she was afraid. Yeah, I don't I don't see it. No? I don't see it. Like, this he was on his deathbed and you would think that he would take that and be like, it was me, motherfuckers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, he would at least revel in that a little bit, yeah, but he probably. just, he didn't. And I think, truthfully, her idea of it was easier to kill people than it was to work, yeah, than it was to try and you know get money or whatever like that, True. or make money the the right way, right? And who's to say that's not the right way? I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it myself. I is mean, all I'm saying. Yeah, he'd hire somebody else. All right. So I, I think that you know that's what happened with this, and I think all these guys were coming, and she was just getting rid of them. I mean, that's that's. But truthfully, that's what I think. Over 50 fucking people, unrecorded, 42 recorded. That's fucking crazy. Um, well, no, he he claims it was 42, but oh. all they really found were like the, the remains Rain of 12 different. But the problem is, again, she's feeding them to the piggies. fucking pigs. Yeah. She's taking them and dumping shit all over the place. Apparently, there was a swamp someplace because she threw a head in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So she had the, the capability and the accessibility to get rid of a lot more people. She was a, she was a little smart. Right. And, okay, let's look at the, on the other side. Why, if if all these people were found, mm-hmm. why would Ray go and, and, and why, w- why wouldn't she have went and said, I'm pretty sure he was killing people? Because wouldn't that have immediately had them come out there and be like, oh, shit, look at all these dead bodies and stuff. Yeah. But then they would have linked it to her because of yeah. letters and stuff like that too. Yeah. I don't I don't know. It's just super fucked up. Yeah. Super fucked up. So what do you think? I uh think she's fucking crazy. And I don't think her being 5 foot 8 and about 180 pounds is a big woman. I'm just saying. For the time. Yeah, okay. 
for the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't saying like she's like some behemoth. Or no, I was like thinking that. she was like the freaking the ugly stepsister from Shrek. No, no. Like, just a fucking. What are you guys doing over here? Fucking unit out here, just <laughs> hauling fucking whatever it is on her shoulders and shit. What's up, Shrek? Oh man, I spit all across <laughs> the room on that one. Jesus. So anyway, we want to know what you guys think. Yeah, for sure. Want to know if you guys, uh, you know, first of all, have you ever heard of the story of Bell Gunness? I'm mm. sure a lot of people have. Mm. Um, if you have not, what do you think about it? If you have, what do you think? Do you think that you know she actually got to live out her life, or do you think that she died in that fire? Oh. And remember when we talked about the the uh, my, 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 the Klondike? No, the, no, no, uh, different episode. The uh, the solder children. Yes. Remember how kids disappeared mm. and the fire took some, not all, and whatever. Yes. It was a different time, and and there was no technology, right. and their investigative um, shits, yes, the shits, were not exactly advanced. You know what I mean? Yeah, for shizzle. So I don't know. I'm just saying. I think she did. I think she did all that shit. I think she was. She had him by the short and curlies because he was in love with her, and then when he fucking left because he's seen all these dudes, and he was probably pissed off too because he's like. Bitch, I'm helping you fucking hide bodies. Just touch my wiener. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's probably like, I'm not even asking to finish. Just just give me a little. Just fucking look at it. Yeah. Does it look strange? Just, just listen, just, just go next to the gooch. You know what I mean? Just touch it. Yeah, just touch it. Or, or look, I'll touch it and just talk to me. <clears throat> you know what I mean? And she, she probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> she could say all the shitty stuff you want. Right, exactly. Talk piggy to me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so you know what I mean and all these all these dudes are coming in and they're courting her and she's probably doing you saw that letter that was sent yeah. that was very he probably saw that or heard about that and mm. was probably like oh hell no I mean it, yeah it was a found letter so it could have been a uh, so yeah that's that's kind of where I'm at on that I think Ray was complicit in it but I don't think he had a hand in it you know what I mean yeah I think he was in love and dumber than a brass hammer yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or as my father used to call me, dumber than a sled track. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Make sure to stop over to our official website, the Midnight Train Podcast.com, and let us know what you thought about this episode. We want to know did you know who Bell was or did you not? And what do you think? At our website, you can buy some super sweet merchandise. Super sweet. At our store, where you can find your Duke of Fingerbum shirt, your uh, coming soon shirt, which is going to be the uh, I'm a dick. Chill. <laughs> Is that how it goes? <laughs> Something about well, don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick and just chill, man. Be nice and chill. Uh, yeah. Or is it be like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Anyway, that'll be there. Has some anthrax. Yeah. Chill. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> the don't be a DeSalvo shirt, the switchblade wielding jersey raccoon shirts. I mean, we have all kinds of stuff over there. And, and as we'll talk about in a minute, part of those proceeds actually go to a great cause. Oh, they do? Yep. Now listen, mm. you can also get yourself some Dr. Squatch soap, mm. and it smells delish. Yes. And I'm pretty sure Ray Lamphier did not use this. <laughs> Nor did Bell. I would hope so, yeah. because only good people use Dr. Squatch. That is true. That is true. And they Dr. Squatch. smells so good. It's just really weird. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but it's actually made of like 90% amazing and then like 120% super badass. That's a lot of percents. And these are things that we they actually found out in the wild. Oh, really? And so Dr. Squatch, what they do, they go and they excrete this. They excrete it? Yes. They're, they're plants. Yes. And, and the super badass is ex- extremely hard to come by. Yeah, it makes sense. But this is in there. Oh, really? And when you use it, yeah. 
you become super badass. That makes sense. I mean, it does. Yeah, it, it does. It, it, it makes all the sense in the world. Yes. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> get on over there. Get yourself some soap. Get soap for somebody else. It's, it is seriously awesome. It and, is. And, and talk all I want about it. You guys know how we feel about it. It's get 20% awesome. off your subscription. Just um, Oh, by the way, we are going to be changing it up. I know I mentioned it before. Yes. We'll be changing it up soon. But uh, for right now, just get on over there. Go to sponsors at our uh, website, themidnighttrainpodcast.com, and click on the promo code DSCSquatch20. To get the best damn soap and get twenty percent off your first subscription. That's a lot of money, man. It is. Well, I mean, listen. The more you buy, the more you save. You yeah. see what I'm saying? That Wait. is true. That is true. Like that I, is true. I, you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to help you guys out here. Anyway, listen. If you like what you've heard from us and you liked this episode, and you're like, hot damn, these guys are super badass. Fuck yeah. You know why? It's the soap. It's it's the soap. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So you can actually sign up and show us that you love us by signing up to uh, our Patreon. Oh yeah. Okay, just go to the Midnight Train Podcast.com, click on the Patreon button, or go over to the Patreon.com forward slash accidental dads. For as little as five bucks a month, you can get all kinds of cool stuff over there. In fact, I was sitting there with a friend of mine this past week yeah. on my birthday drunken debauchery. Oh. And she looks over and she goes, I just got an email from Patreon. Oh, really? What am I getting now? And I was like, wow! <laughs> Guess what you're getting? Oh. And, yeah, I, I'm not going to tell you guys. You got to sign up. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, you lick, you lick the bean? You see, you see how that? Did you mm-hmm. say I lick the bean? You leak it. <laughs> leak it. I lick the bean. Uh, <laughs> that works, this, this show's going really bad today. <laughs> what the shit? So, anyway, there are all kinds of stuff over there. All right. So, if you want you know, want to sign up, show us that you love us, and uh, throw some money at us, we would definitely appreciate it because that money goes towards the show at all times. Maybe some beer from time to time. Yeah. But since we love music so much and we want future generations of musicians to have accessibility and music education, we've decided to give to a great cause. Oh. That's the Save the Music Foundation. Their mission is to help students, schools, and communities reach their full potential through the power of making music is one of the leading music foundations in the U.S. They say uh, they, they actually support their partner communities in three ways: by donating musical instruments, musical technology, uh, providing support services for teachers, and advocating for music education. Ooh. And I love it. Mm. So we're going to donate twenty percent of our merchandise sales and our Patreon donations. Okay, and PayPal if you want to hit us up there. It's the Midnight Train Podcast at gmail.com. Heck yeah! Throw us a bone if you want. Anyway, every month we're going to be doing this. So support the show, get a ton of bonuses, and help a great cause. And for more information or to donate on your own, go to savethemusic.org. Doc org. Doc org. I'm just making my own shit up today, aren't hey, I? It's working, though. Now, listen, we have uh, these perks that we're working on for our $10 plus. Oh. All right. And I don't want to, I really don't want to offend any of, of anyone else below that. Yeah. And the only reason we're doing it for the, the $10 up is because what we're going to be sending out is going to be kind of pricey. On yeah. our end, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So I hope that nobody's getting upset about that. Like, man, fuck you guys. I'm fine now I don't get this or whatever. No, I apologize. And hopefully yeah. the small shit that we send and we do, hopefully that's good enough. And the bonuses, the bonuses. The bonuses, I think, make up for it. I, 100%. I would rather do just the bonuses all day long. 100%. I would. We could just do, like, yeah, all the bonuses. Let's do that. Okay. Nah, <laughs> we couldn't do that. So listen, yeah, make sure you sign up. All right, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, on Spotify, where you can rate us, as well as over at Apple Podcasts, because that would really help us out, and you would be really cool for doing that. Yeah, I think you'd be cool. And we cannot thank you enough for all of your love and support. Oh, we can't? We cannot. Oh, damn. You honestly, seriously have no idea how cool it is that people actually listen to this podcast. Fuck yeah, dude. It's super cool, and I love the messages we get, and I love how people, especially in our Facebook forums and yes. our, our pages and stuff, it's amazing. 
And if you've gotten, if you've actually gone this far, mm -hmm. probably because you're a pooper and you're like, they're going to say my name. Yeah, we do that too. <laughs> we do. We do because we want to show our love and appreciation. Oh, of course. All right. So a very special thank you to our fearless executive producer, Patreon Poopers. <laughs> Always hurts my ears. <laughs> to Tomislav Sobota. I hope I'm saying your name right, buddy. Uh, Amanda Denz, Chris Lucas, Zachary Danielson, Joseph Aramo, Margaret Dempsey, Kelly Ryan, Nathan Diekman, Stacey Lukonen, Nicholas Cooper, Caitlin McKinney, Trent Scott, Spencer Dunlap, Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Miles Campbell, Brian Gunsman, Colleen Cox, Pumpkin Escobar, Mac Doherty, Turner Cox, Sydney Sayer, Gina Madison, Janice Sherell, Chad Flint, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Fun Box Podcast. Make sure you're checking out the Fun Box. That's your new theme song, buddy. I like that, actually. Yeah. All right, you got that. Just, just the fun box. You just got to get me in here. Make yeah. sure you're checking out the fun box. That's it. Right I there. like it. I love it. Yeah, you can actually snip that if you want. Just yeah. give me credit. One more time. Yeah. Make sure you're checking out the fun box. Perfect. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, it's amazing. Now you got three takes, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, to Christina Skelton and Jessica Bartolome from the Sisters Skelton Podcast. Oh, yeah. Not to be confused with the Sisters Skeleton Podcast. Yes. All right. Yes. And it's those Jersey girls I was teasing on earlier because, you know, New Jersey, it's the garbage state. Hey, yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding again. You guys can make all the fun you want of Ohio because we yes. do. To Maria Gibbs, to Chainsaw. What the fuck? Rick Resler, Courtney Batchelor, Katie Brabenick, and of course, our boy, Bill Birch. Oh, good for you. That was a little weird. This no. whole episode's been weird. <laughs> I gotta make it weird. Jeez. Gotta keep with it. So listen, spread the word, and if you want your name to be mentioned on the show, and for us to be forever fucking grateful, become a Patreon producer. Seriously, it's five bucks or ten bucks, whatever. And we will definitely we're donating stuff, and we're gonna hook you guys up with cool shit. Fuck yeah, dude! I'm and, gonna show up to your house. I'm gonna serenade you. Yeah. Ooh. Would it be your last serenade? Oh damn! This is my last serenade. Ooh, that was that. We got to work on the key. Yeah, that yeah, sucks. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> that wasn't you. It was me. Oh. So listen, stay safe out there, passengers, and as they always say about this time. Yeah? Uh, true, true. Motherfucker. Now go home and get your fucking shine box.